It's the Locked On Flyers podcast for Wednesday, July 19th, your daily dose of Flyers news analysis and high quality content that has a lot of questions about Sean Couturier and Cam Atkinson going into this season. Me too. Yeah, we're going to dig into what their current status is and then what the forwards will look like based on all of that information, plus some Flyers news and your mailbag questions all on today's show. Your Locked On Flyers, your daily podcast on the Philadelphia Flyers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, thanks for making Locked On Flyers your first listen every day. I am Rachel Donner. You can find me on Twitter at rmiriam. I'm here as always with Russ Cohen who's on all your favorite social media apps at Sportsology. And we as a show are on Instagram and threads at Locked On Flyers as well. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. You can subscribe or follow the show for free over on YouTube or on the SiriusXM app. Anywhere you listen to podcasts, subscribe to get our latest episode as soon as it's available here on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Russ, uh, a little bit of mostly Phantoms news uh, yesterday in that uh, they added an assistant coach to the staff in John Snowden. Um uh, isn't that like a Game of Thrones character? It, it's Jon Snow. Or Jon Snow. That's correct. That's right. No, um, all kidding aside, Jon Snowden actually has a, a really strong coaching background. Most recently was with the Toronto Marlies, so a really strong AHL program. So glad to have him aboard. And yep. then uh, a really fun hire for the Phantoms in former player Chris Bratton as an assistant strength and conditioning coach. Uh, went back to school and got a degree in that and is now pursuing a career. Glad to have him back in the organization as well the phantoms is that a new position for the phantoms it seems like it is you know i don't know the answer to that Uh, the news is very new as of uh, recording uh, of this but i I assume that it's um been part of the system before but they haven't Um, really talked about it maybe i'm 50 50 so yeah yeah, I don't know, but it's good to have um, additional support in that area. Plus, they have a new uh, equipment manager team of Jake Rogers and John Evans. So uh, welcome aboard to those guys as well. Yeah, nice to see. In addition, the Flyers officially made the Alexei Kolosov loan to Minsk in the KHL official uh, you know, we knew that going into it when he signed yes. the ELC that they were going to do it. And they it have part to of the official- deal. Yeah. yeah. So they officially did it as far as the you know paperwork or, or whatnot. So that is all set uh, as of recording. Still no news about Morgan Frost, but uh, we said it would be in the next week or so. Yeah. So we, we still got time in our prediction on that front. In the meantime, uh, we have been wondering, I think, behind the scenes, as have a lot of people, and I'm sure a lot of you out there, about what exactly is going on with Sean Couturier and Cam Atkinson, and what is that going to mean for the Flyers this upcoming season in terms of how the forward lines are going to be set up, what the structure looks like, as well as how successful the team 
could potentially be and what kind of scoring they're going to get and, and what kind of, um, you know, full game are we going to get from, from the forwards and what kind of style of play is Torts going to be able to put out there. And so uh, we're going to look at what the Flyers forward situation is with and without these guys. I think, uh, you know, looking at Sean Couturier's situation, um, you know, as we remember, he has had two back surgeries. Uh, the last game he played for the Flyers was December 18th, 2021. So he missed a season and a half. Um, as we recall, throughout the course of the season, they kept saying, oh, he might be back, he might be back. And then on April 1st, uh, as is befitting that day, they announced he would not play for the rest of the season. Um, all that we've heard over the last couple of months is that he's on the right path to being healthy to start this season. Obviously, camp will tell. Yeah. So, I mean, the last time he got hurt was non-contact, right? And then, so that's... That's still a little worrisome because he hasn't had contact in years. And, you know, almost two, it'll be like almost two years. Uh, that's a long time. So he is going to have to get through the rigors of a game and through the hits of a game to see. And they're going to have to play him in preseason to find out. I know people are going to be like, oh, don't play him in preseason. But you're going to have to because he hasn't yeah. played hockey. Like there's just no way around it. Yeah, I think that's going to be very important. And there's always this cost benefit and risk analysis into yeah. playing like your top players in the preseason. When do you bring them in? How long? How many minutes do you give them? And so not only is he going to have to readjust to just being in an NHL style of hockey with the game and the speed and the hitting, but also just being in shape, right. you know, and, and he can work out all he wants, but you never really know if you're in shape until you actually start playing and see what the wear and tear is like on a day-to-day -day basis, especially following the back surgery and what kind of pain is going to come up and, and the travel. what kind of maintenance. Yeah. Like when you have a back injury and you've, you know, recovered from it, sometimes travel is still tricky. And, and that's another, you know, thing that sort of can wear you down. Yeah, you know, especially not sleeping in your own bed can right. make a difference. Oh, yeah. You know? Yeah, if you're not going so, somewhere that has a sleep number and you're used to a sleep number, like, who knows? As us old folk, no. <laughs> Just the slightest thing can throw your back off. Listen, I've got a piece a of plywood. Of I have a piece of plywood under my mattress. Wow. And I feel that my is back. hardcore. It is, but I feel my back reset like twice a day as a result, and it really helps me. Now, when I go on the road, clearly that doesn't happen, right? So I do feel it. I do. Yeah. And I think, you know, with Cam Atkinson, we're in a similar situation here, right? Uh, slightly different because it's different surgery. So he had the neck surgery yeah. in December. As we recall, it took them a while to decide what surgery or, or what path forward uh, they were going to take with him because, you know, there were pros and cons to the different options. There were some questions. And so he got multiple opinions, um, you know, went to Columbus, got an opinion there. But then and he so, had to get it done, right? Like all of a sudden his yep. arm was getting tingly and they were like, no, 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 you got to just do this now. Right. And so uh, with this particular injury, uh, it's a similar but not the same injury as Joel Farabee had and the Jack Eichel situation. So Joel Farabee had the same surgery as Jack Eichel. Cam Atkinson had the other kind of surgery for this type of, of injury. And so um, there are risks to it in terms of, fitness and in terms of mobility, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's definitely the the fitness part. You know, he could do a certain amount of skating, 
and get kind of close to it, right? He was doing that last year until he got hurt, like you said, in that preseason game. Um, but the rest, he hasn't been hitting over a year either. So he's another guy that's going to have to go through contact in camp and go through contact in at least a couple of games. Like there's no way of just hiding him and saying, oh, no, no, no contact. You know, because you're the thing about that is you're just as much at risk being rusty in a game and getting something, you know, getting getting a hit or taking a hit rather um, that you may have been able to get you know out of the way of if you were kind of used to what was going on, you know, all your timing was back. All that takes time. Yeah, it absolutely does. And so there's going to be a lot of risk, a lot of careful uh, attention paid to what kind of skating they're doing, what kind of activity they're doing, what their minutes look like in the preseason. And, you know, I certainly hope there is at any rate. And so I think that it's going to, there are going to be a lot of questions about those two all the way up to when they announce the the roster for the season. And um, given all that, I think that to me, regardless the two of them will be playing limited minutes to start the season if they are deemed fit and ready. Yeah, there'll be some sort of load management. Maybe they don't play back-to-backs. Maybe uh, they don't go on every road trip. Like, it all depends on the degree. So that's what, you know, fans have to sort of be ready for. You can't just assume they're going to be like, oh, yeah, Couturier's back and he's the number one center and Atkinson's back and he's the number one winger. You, you can't count on that anymore. Exactly. And so I think that's a great segue into our next segment where we're going to look at those lines and say, okay, to start the season, assuming they're healthy and ready to go, but are still going to be, you know, carefully managed in terms of their minutes, what does the Flyers lineup look like in that scenario versus the ideal scenario when they're at 100%? And those are very different things. And we are going to talk about it coming up next. Take your first swing at betting MLB on FanDuel and get 10 times your first bet amount in bonus bets up to $200. That's right. Just bet 20 bucks and you'll land $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. That's 200 you could spend betting everything from the money line to the over-under to who you think's going to hit the first home run. All on an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Plus, when you win, you can get paid instantly. There's no better place to bet on MLB than FanDuel, America's number one sports book. So sign up today and visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to get up to $200 in bonus bets. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. FanDuel, official partner of Major League Baseball. Just uh, one quick reminder. Again, uh, we are in our off-season schedule now. So we've got shows Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. So on Friday's show, we are going to dig into your votes on our first summer poll on who is going to take the biggest step forward for the Flyers. There's a link to that poll that's over on YouTube in the show notes today and uh, eager to hear what y'all think out there on that. Now, looking at the potential forward lines, I think you have to make a couple of assumptions going into the season here, aside from the health of Couturier and Atkinson. So yeah, you're going to assume that they figure out the goalie situation. So there's only two on the main roster uh, somehow. And so they're, and they're going to have a full 23 man roster, which means there's going to be two spare forwards on the team. Right. So, so given that as our, our baseline, I think to start the season, you put Couturier at two C and Atkinson on the wing on the third line. 
Yeah, I'm not against it. I think um, it's a good way to sort of let them dip back into the pool. I kind of like it. I, I think that makes sense. Uh, like you said, it's a shame that Wade Allison is probably the man out or, you know, he's going to sit out a fair amount of time and get in once in a while. You know, here, here's what the, the argument would be for me. And people can like it or not like it. I, it doesn't matter to me. I don't really care. Um, if Wade Allison looks like he's going to be good, but the coach is playing Nick Delorier just because he likes Nick Delorier and he's a good penalty killer, that won't cut it with me. I would rather have Wade Allison in the lineup, especially if he's going to be healthy, because last year he was mostly healthy. And, and if he's able to do that, then I would say, why in the world is Delorier in there when you've got this kid sitting around? That would be the issue I could have. Yeah, I mean, as far as the fourth line, absolutely. Yeah. I think I'm um, with you there. Um, I think that knowing Tortorella, he's going to put Delorier in there in that circumstance. But mm-hmm. you never know. The remit may be different this season. Right. And, and we'll, you know, the conversation may be different based on what we've heard so far. Um, but I think, you know, with putting Couturier at 2C instead of 1C, I think that means you have to figure out, okay, who's your one C? And obviously then your two options are Morgan Frost and Noah Cates, right? Yes. And to me, you put Frost in that spot because he can take the face-offs better than Cates right now. Yes. Yeah, no question. Um, he's worked at it a little more. He also, um, Frost, Frost and Farabee have pretty good um, chemistry, tip it to. Um, there's some good chemistry there that I wouldn't want to mess up either. Yeah, so that would be your top line for me, would be Frost centering Farabee and Tippett, because I think that's enough combination of youth and speed and playmaking versus shooting. I I think that's a good combination based on what the Flyers have for a first line. And then your second line with Sean Couturier, you put Travis Konechny and Tyson Forster with him. I I like the line. I don't know if Konechny will like being on the second line. Uh, cause he's more of a top line guy on this team, but I get why he's there, uh, yeah. you know, to kind of help out, uh, Couturier, but also to teach Forster. So yep. I'm okay with exactly. it. I'm okay with it. Yeah. I think it's because Couturier is going to need the support and connect is the guy that can give it. Like he is the experienced yeah. guy that can do most of the things on, on the offensive side of the game and has enough. I think hockey IQ to cover some things defensively if, if Couturier can't. And then that leaves Tyson Forster open to just do his thing. Right. Yeah. And then Torts would say like, Hey, we don't have a top line. We have four lines. Like that's how he would, you know, sort yeah. of paint that picture. And then, so you have Kate centering that third line with Cam Atkinson on it uh, and Scott Lawton as the other wing. I mm-hmm. think that's just your solid, third line with some veteran yes. presence there. And I, I just think that fits with, with who the personnel is. It does. No question. It fits. I like it. And then your fourth line is Ryan Paling centering Hathaway. And then, you know, to your point, should it be Allison or should it be Delorier? Um, my gut says Delorier in, in this scenario, but I, I would not be disappointed if Wade Allison was that guy either. No, I mean, if, if, if Allison plays well enough, it should be Allison. Like, sorry, Nick Delorier, but you get it. You don't have to play every game. Allison could still have a future with the team. Delorier's got a limited future with the team. Yeah, so, and then there's room on the roster for one more forward. You get somebody that's a, a tweener that's like could play center. So, to me, that's Lazinski or, or Jackson Cates. Yeah. Um, but 
really, it could be one of a number of people as well, depending on who they decide to keep on this team versus get the more minutes down in Lehigh Valley, right? That's yes. going to be their priority decision. And I think Jackson Cates and Tanner Luzinski are guys you can bench and, and not feel as bad about it, right? Yeah, no, no, no question about it. And yeah, there's no Patrick Brown this year. So if there's an injury, they would have to mm -hmm. figure out like who the other center is going to be. That's fair. So then, you know, if and when they're healthy and they can play more minutes, that's when you move Couturier up to that top line. Yeah. Um, maybe you think about bringing TK with him and switching Farabee to the second line with Frost and to keep Farabee and Frost together as a pairing um, in, in that circumstance. Um, and then you could maybe move Atkinson up to that second line as well to get more minutes and to be able to take more shots because that's his thing, right? Yes. Yep, that is his thing. So I think, you know, the the question that you have at this point is if one or both of them are not ready, that is this circumstance to me where you have the potential of somebody else making the roster. Mm -hmm. uh, that's one of the other prospects. And I feel like there's only four that are in the running. But uh, correct me if I'm wrong. I think it's Denoye. I think it's Ali Lixel. It's J.R. Avon. And it's Bobby Brink. I think that's right. I do. And uh, honestly, Avon, it's it's a bridge too far. Like, he's he's not going to be that guy. Uh, Denoye will get some looks because he had that experience. Yeah. We just have to see if he's going to be able to score at this level. If he doesn't score at this level, it's going to be kind of hard for Elliot Denoye to find a spot. So that's going to be his thing. Ali Luxell, look, we like him. He's not getting a shot. Like, he's just not getting a shot. Even if he does great in camp, he's not getting a shot. He would really have to rip it up in the AHL to to get that shot again. That's just my feeling. It, it, may, it may be unfair, but I'm that's not what I would do. This is just my feeling. And Brink, uh, I still don't think he's ready. I still don't think uh, he's ready for the pace yet. I think other things in his game are ready, but not the complete overall. And I don't think you should bring him up until he really starts ripping up the AHL, which he hasn't really done yet. Yeah. So the question is, if Atkinson and Couturier, let's say, are not good to go at the beginning of the season, like who moves up in the pecking order here? And do they just have a reduced roster until they see which of these prospects are ready? Or do they call up Ali Lixel because they know he's had at least the experience with the team and can sit on the bench? I mean... Well, what do you what do you think there? If it's just one of them, then you know most likely, I could see Lazinski if he's healthy getting that center spot. Uh, right. Allison then gets to play, and guess who gets to be the left wing? Nick Sealer. <laughs> oh God! I always try to block that from my brain that they've had. Oh yeah, Nick you forgot about that, didn't you? <laughs> Well, we're, we're trying to forget about that. But I certainly hope, given the pool that the Flyers have, that they do not find themselves, unless there's like a crazy situation on a road trip where they can't get somebody there and there's injuries, that we do not see Nick Sealer forward this season. Listen, I, I think John would do it whether it gets crazy or not. He's got that in him. So I can't say he won't do that because there's too many guys. I, I can't say that. I'm going to keep my fingers crossed that it does not happen at all this upcoming season. But I do also hope 
is that both Sean Couturier and Cam Atkinson are healthy enough to return to the lineup. But again, you got to manage their minutes and manage expectations at the beginning of the season. I would not pencil Couturier in as one C to start the season. I would, and I would put Cam Atkinson on that third line. Like just that's the smart way to manage them. I think. Yeah. And the matchup's a little easier. The, the amount of minutes they would get is less. It all makes sense. All right. Well, we have a bunch of your mailbag questions to get to, and we are going to do that coming up next. All right. So we've got some good mailbag questions, Uh, a couple of repeat askers here, uh, which we love to see uh, that y'all are into this segment on the show. Uh, But we love to get new people asking questions as well. So uh, make sure you get those questions in each week for us to answer. The first one comes from Ryan, who wanted to know um, if we had listened to or talked to the other Locked On hosts about the Flyers drafting Mitchkoff and what they thought about the pick. And um, let you in on a little thing. We have a group chat and uh, it uh, it went off a little bit a couple of times mm-hmm. when teams above us did not take Mitch Koff. I think especially the Locked On Canadians hosts uh, were a little bit disappointed yeah. in their pick. I can and see that. I think that, you know, they felt a lot similarly to their pick of Reinbacher this season as we did last season when the Flyers took Cutter Gautier mm-hmm. uh, instead of David Yerichek, that we like the pick. It's a good pick and they like Reinbacker. They just really would have liked to have had Mitch Kopp in their system and wanting to go for that skilled offense. I understand it. I do. And I can't blame them. Yeah. We, uh, I think, you know, the top three teams were very happy with their pick, but I think after that, you know, the in the four, five, and six slots, there was a little bit of consternation oh, about yeah. it. I would I would say, especially from the Habs and the Arizona host as well. Um, I think, you know, the Locked On Blue Jackets host, uh, Jay, thought it was a great pick at seven. Um, also a little resentful that he's going to be in division to compete against in a, in a few years uh, when Jay thinks that the... Blue Jackets are going to kind of hit their stride as well. So hates hates to see that competition mm-hmm. there. And then um, Hottie, the Locked On NHL Prospects host, uh, chimed in as well. And you may have seen him on our reaction video that I did uh, on draft night. But um, he absolutely thinks that Mitch Koff was a top three talent who only dropped because of the uncertainties about Russia and um he said that it was one of the best picks of the draft overall. And um, I'm going to agree with him. Yeah, I I don't disagree. Uh, we'll see. We'll see how it all breaks out. I might say he's probably the fourth best pick, but, you know, it's quibbling. It's fine. Yeah, so, yes, we absolutely did hear from our fellow hosts uh, when the Flyers took Mitch Koff. I think a lot of people were uh, especially uh, a little – miffed that it was the flyers because we've got some uh, rivals in the group chat well i think it's that and they probably like we're expecting the flyers to do the same old same old which this year they didn't uh and yeah, if they'd watch the too. show we, they'd have realized we were off that and realized that they would do something different but it took a lot of you know a lot of convincing to get me to think that way and a lot of people yeah same absolutely 
William wanted to know if either of us have a feeling as to Tyson Forster being on the main roster in this upcoming season. William is of mixed feelings as to should he spend the year in the AHL or move up? I'm okay with him moving up if his skating looks right and and his shot's a little more accurate than what we saw in camp. In last camp and in that last little scrimmage game, he didn't look great, and we both talked about that. So we got to see a better Tyson Forster come into a rookie camp and eventually training camp for that to happen. If he does look better, I'm fine with it. Yeah, I think uh, Torts really likes him as well. So I he would does. say he's he's like the one sort of up-and-coming prospect that is the most likely to have a Flyers roster spot. I, I'm not sure what more time in the AHL will do for him at this point. That's really my issue here. It's like with the other guys, I think the AHL will do them some good. And I'm, I think with Tyson Forster, it's just adjusting to the NHL and getting things fine-tuned. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So uh, Charles Lesky2932 on YouTube wanted to ask about Cal Peterson. Um, he thinks that there's a few teams that might need a goaltender and the Flyers should trade him and retain 50% of his salary. I, I mean, how many salary retentions are the Flyers going to have? Like, it's just there has to be a limit. And I think this is the limit. Uh, Cal Peterson's got to prove it for to everybody else. Essentially, he's he's had one really good NHL season. That's it. And, you know, he's 28 because, you know, he came in a little older and then spent time in the AHL, went back to the AHL. So even in the AHL playoffs, didn't put up good numbers this year. So he's really got to prove it. Who, who wants that even at 50%? I don't think anybody. Yeah, I think that's the issue is that the Flyers sort of had to take him. Yes, in, to make that as deal. part of to make that Provorov deal. And uh, so I think that it, it it would really be difficult to even get somebody at 2.5 million to take Cal Peterson. Um, and I don't like adding more to the dead cap either for multiple years. I think right. that's part of the problem as well. Uh, Robert Foster, 6197, uh, was talking a lot about the various moves that Danny Breer was making um, did not really like most of them is is a very interesting post over on YouTube, but specifically asked why get a second first round pick and waste it on Sanheim 2.0. Who's going to feed Mitchkoff when he comes over? Well, I mean, you don't really know at this moment. Maybe it's J.R. JR Avon. Like you don't really know. Um, maybe Farabee's still around. He should be. So it could be him. Maybe it's somebody yet to be drafted. You know, maybe uh, they get the first overall pick this year and it's Max Celebrini. Then you're like, wow, that really worked out. So it's it's a little too far away to to kind of nail down that way. Yeah, and I think that, um, you know, having multiple of a type of defenseman is never a bad thing. Like you always want that same type in the queue, like mm -hmm. four or five years behind. And that's exactly where... Oliver Bonk is like four right. or five years behind Sanheim in development. So I don't have any issue with that. And I think that Bonk has the potential to maybe be better than Sanheim is at this point. Yeah, we'll I would see. say I would say so, too. I mean, I, we don't know yet, but I don't think it's it's a repeat of a pick exactly no. in, in this circumstance. And and you need good, you know, puck moving defensemen. So you do. always, always good to have a guy like that in your prospect. 
All right. Uh, that will do it for today's show. Just a reminder, we'll put the link to our uh, first summer poll in the show notes and get those votes in. We'll talk about that on Friday and the latest Flyers news as well. As a reminder, we always want to hear from you. So send in your mailbag questions via Twitter at Lockdown Flyers. You can email us at LockdownFlyers at Gmail or comment over on YouTube. I'm Rachel. I'm on Twitter at rmiriam. That's R-M-I-R-I-A-M. I'm Russell at Sportsology, S-P-O-R-T-S-O-L-O-G-Y. Have a great day, everyone.